Welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Kathy. I'm going to be your online host for today. If it's your first time here, you're a VIP and we would love to get to know you better. So please text new at 604-285-5770 or visit MyThrive.info and we'll mail you your very own Thrive Stains to Water Bottle. Parents, don't forget to go to MyThrive.info slash ThriveKids to access the Thrive Kids curriculum. There you can find the worship video, the lesson video, a resource sheet that you can download, print, and do with your kids. And there's going to be Zoom classes every Sunday from 1045 to 1115 a.m. This weekend is a Victoria Day long weekend here in British Columbia, Canada. So we have an extra day off. So I would love to know what you are planning to do with your extra day off this long weekend. I am planning to stay home, do some catch up and some homework and play with my sister's two new cats. I'm so excited. So what are you doing this long weekend? Amazing! We love to see all your beautiful faces. Take a selfie of yourself, tune in today, post it on social media using hashtag ThriveChurchOnline. I'm now going to pass the time over to Pastor JB, and I'll see you all later. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I am so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. If this is your first time here, you're what we call our VIP, and we especially want to welcome you. In fact, if you want to go to mythrive.info and touch the button new to Thrive, we'd love to send straight to your door your very own stainless steel Thrive Church water bottle. Just a little way to say thank you so much for joining us today. Can we give all of our VIPs in this place a big hand today? So good to have you here. In fact, we've got a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, would you welcome one of the church today in your chat rooms right now with your neighbors beside you? Would you give them a handshake, a high five, a warm hug, or an air version of any of those? Would you greet each other in the chat room? Just say, it's so great to see you here. Let's welcome one of to the house of God today. You guys are an incredible church, and it is always such a joy to spend time with you. I know it's a long weekend here in Vancouver, here in BC. It's a Victoria Day long weekend. I'm sure a lot of you were hoping to maybe travel if you could. You know, it is the season that we're in right now that we've got restrictions on us, such that we can't quite do those things. But how many know that there's no place like the house of God? And there's no place like being together with your church family. And we're so glad to spend this long weekend with each and every one of you. Whether you're here in BC or somewhere else watching around the world, it is so good to have you here. You know, I've got a friend who finds that his McDonald's experience, him going to McDonald's, is not complete unless he gets those set of, like a set of Pokemon cards to finish off his collection. You talk about, you know, you got to collect them all. He's collected them all. Uh, And he feels like his McDonald's experience is not complete without getting some Pokemon cards. I've got uh, another friend who finds that his experience coming to BC, and of course he's not here right now, but in the past he would say, you know, my, my experience of visiting BC is not complete unless I go to Kelowna or unless I go to the Sunshine Coast. Let me tell you this. Why do I mention that? It's because for those of you who are new to Thrive, your experience here at Thrive Church is not complete unless you're part of a small group. And the reason is because you weren't made just to be a spectator who watches services online, but we believe you were made to be a part of a community. That's how we grow together. And so it's with that in mind that I want to encourage those of you who are not part of a small group yet to join a small group. In small groups, it's just a simple way, an informal way for people here at Thrive to get together. Uh, It's a chance to get to know others, a chance to build relationships, a chance to connect and to ask, you know, how life is going, you know, share our highs and our lows, support one another, pray for one another. Sometimes we'll talk a bit about the message that we heard on the Sunday service before. And it's just an amazing time to connect with people and to find that you're not just watching a service, but you're also being part of a spiritual community called Thrive Church. And so highly encourage you, if you're not yet part of a small group, to get part of a small group. Would you turn to your name and say, get part of a small group? 
be part of a small group, you can go to mythrive.info and you can touch the button small groups. We'd love to connect you with one. We've got small groups for people of all ages and all different stages of life. And so we'd love to connect you with a small group. Your experience here at Thrive Church is not complete without being a part of a small group. And so I encourage you to do so uh, as soon as you can. And what better time to do it than here on this long weekend. It is great to have you here. Do you guys bring your Bibles here today? If you did, it's time to get those out. This is my Bible right here. Maybe yours is a paper Bible like mine. Maybe yours is a device that you downloaded a Bible into. Either way is cool. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay, but I'm going to hold up my Bible like so. And this is a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message today. Let's, let's say this together in a big, loud voice. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life and I I will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're new to Thrive or you're new to church completely, you've never been to a church before, you're maybe new to the Bible, new to Jesus, all that stuff, maybe you're coming in from another faith background or no background at all, I just want to say I hope that you find that Thrive Church is a safe place for you, a place where you can be yourself, a place where you can find some community, a place where you can find some hope and some encouragement as we begin the week together. And if you've got questions, if we can serve you in any kind of way, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at thrivechurch.ca and if there's anything we can do, we would love to hear from you. And uh, here's just hoping and praying that you'll have an amazing time here at Thrive Church. Uh, and every time you visit, every time you're here, we love having you here. We're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Waiting for Sunrise, Learning to Keep Your Hope Alive Through the Book of Isaiah. We're looking at and studying the book of Isaiah, a powerful book in the Old Testament. And we have you know, been learning how do you keep your hope alive, especially in a season of waiting. Are you in a season of waiting right now? The fact is we're all in a season of waiting. We're all waiting for COVID numbers to continue to go down here in BC. Uh, we're here waiting for COVID to be a thing of the past, wanting life to go back to normal or as normal as it can be. Maybe in other ways you're waiting right now when it comes to your job, your future, your family. You know, when it comes to some news you're waiting for. The fact is it is sometimes tough to wait for a really, really long time. And it's sometimes tough to keep your hope alive when the waiting is a lot longer than you hope it would be. And so in this series, we're looking at how do you keep your hope alive in the midst of the waiting. And if you've benefited from the series so far, we hope you'll share it with other people and let other people know what's going on here at Thrive Church. Uh, and if you missed any of the episodes in the series so far, then we'd love to connect you with those previous episodes. You can go to our Thrive Church Vancouver podcast, you go to our YouTube channel, and we'd love to connect you with what we've been learning in the book of Isaiah so far about how to keep your hope alive. Turn to your neighbor and say, you were made to have hope. You were made to have hope. Here at Thrive, we believe that with Jesus, we've got a contagious hope, a hope that spreads to others and brings change that is positive and good. And uh, we're so glad that we can share that together today here at Thrive Church Online. Well, as we take on our next episode of the series, Waiting for Sunrise, we have someone very special to bring the message to us on this special long weekend edition of Thrive Church Online. Pastor Tim Ashoi is an amazing leader in the kingdom of God. Uh, he and his lovely wife, Sandra, they are some of our favorite people here at Thrive Church. And they lead an amazing small group here at Thrive. Uh, but not in addition to having a, a local church ministry here, uh, you know, Pastor Tim and Sandra, they are also very involved in doing things around the world to bring hope to people. And I recently announced to all of you uh, just a few weeks ago that in light of the COVID crisis and the surge going on in India, that as a church, we are partnering with Gateway Ministries, which Pastor Tim uh, is the head of, uh, as well as Zion Faith Ministries, which is a network of churches in India to bring hope, especially to 100 orphans at an orphanage in India. And so Pastor Tim is, you know, heading much of that operation. And so we're so, so grateful for him and his hard work. He's also a powerful teacher of the Word of God, and we're always so blessed to have him speak. And so would you please join me in giving a warm, thrive welcome to the one and only Dr. Pastor Tim Ashoi. Let's give a big hand together today. Thank you, Pastor JB. It's wonderful to be here again today, sharing in this time. And I want to say a big thank you to Thrive Church for the support that is given toward the orphans in India. 
Uh, we love those kids. We've seen those kids many times, and uh, we've seen what is happening in their lives as a result of what uh, Pastor Param is doing uh, with them and their team working with them. It's uh, truly a worthy work. Uh, they pour their lives into these kids who really wouldn't have a chance. But because of you here supporting and because of others supporting and because of the work that is being done by loving people in India, these kids have a hope in life. And so we're so thankful for that and thankful for you. And uh, we believe that there is great reward in doing the will of God. And uh, thank you again for welcoming us here. Uh, truly Thrive is a place that uh, it is, is a place that welcomes it's not just, uh, you know, a word. It's something that you do. And uh, Sandra and I have felt so at home here. And we love this church. We love the people. We love what you're doing. We believe God has great things in store. As a matter of fact, we, we totally believe that the 10,000 leaders is possible. And it's happening. It's growing toward that end. And uh, praise God. I, I pray that you exceed that. And it'd be wonderful one day you can say, you know, we had a goal of 10,000, but you know what? We got 11,000. And I believe by faith we can do great things in the kingdom of God for the work of God. <clears throat> um, this has been a great series. I've so appreciated the different presenters that have uh, shared messages. Pastor JB, of course, has been one of the keynote uh, leaders and speakers in this whole series. Uh, his dream was to present this wonderful theme. Then his wife, Shar, did such a tremendous job on Mother's Day of presenting a powerful message. Go back and find it online and listen to it if you have not. And then others from the community and roundabout have been sharing, which has been so, so inspiring. Waiting for sunrise. Maintaining our hope. Uh, in these days that are not easy days to live out. It's, it hasn't been an easy time. Uh, but uh, Jesus didn't promise easy. He said we will, in this world we will have tribulation. Uh, but be of good cheer. He said, I have overcome the world. And he promises to us that what he has, he wants to share with us so that we also can be overcomers, even as Jesus Christ overcame the world. Today I, uh, <clears throat> I kind of have a little different kind of title uh, I might change it halfway through my message. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I've kind of entitled this uh, Kingdoms and Kings and Kingdoms Rise and Fall. Nevertheless, we can mount up with wings as eagles. In other words, we can arise above, even though kings, kingdoms, and all kinds of things are, businesses and all kinds of things are falling apart. The Bible gives us the hope that we can rise up. We can rise up above these things, and that's what I want to talk about this, 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 uh, this morning. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, actually, uh, as you, if you know uh, the, the scriptures and uh, commentators and what they've said about Isaiah chapter 40, uh, Isaiah 40 and on, we are entering into the second half of the book of Isaiah. There's warnings, predictions, there's captivity, there's promises, and ultimately restoration that is talked about there. That's, that's a mouthful of words. I'm going to say it again. Warnings, predictions, captivity, promises, and ultimately restoration. That's some of the things that we see as we are in Isaiah, and especially Isaiah chapter 40. <clears throat> Isaiah is rich in messianic revelation. Now, messianic meaning a uh, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And this is this book in the Old Testament has so many uh, revelations and uh, snapshots concerning Jesus Christ. You know, the name Isaiah means revelation of Jehovah or salvation of, of Jehovah, I should say. Uh, revelation is okay too, but it's actually salvation of Jehovah. And so Isaiah comes along and he's telling us that 
that the message that is most important is to know this, that salvation is not in the things of this world, is not in man's wisdom, but salvation is of Jehovah. Sometimes we think if we can just have a new government leader, we'll have salvation in a nation. But the Bible tells us there is no other way and there's no other name than the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? No other way, no other name. And so salvation of Jehovah is a, is a, is a very fitting meaning of the name Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, you find words like joy, uh, wells springing up, everlasting, uh, the arm of God, the helmet of, garments of, light. You find all these different expressions that have meaning in the book of Isaiah. <clears throat> in the book of Isaiah, there are uh, seven everlastings. Uh, str- everlasting strength, everlasting joy, everlasting judgments, everlasting salvation, everlasting kindness. There's wonderful expressions of who God is, and uh, and the eternal God came to us in Jesus Christ, and what He brought to us was everlasting. He represented the eternal God, and therefore he brought to us what was everlasting. Uh, in verse, uh, covenant is, is used many times in the book of Isaiah, uh, referring to the fact that God is a covenant-keeping God. Light, all these different descriptions, light and salvation is uh, de- uh, depicted or portrayed in the book of Isaiah. In, in this book, Isaiah, there are 36 pictures of Jesus Christ. 36 different pictures. I don't have time, obviously, to go into all of those, but they're wonderful portrayals or pictures of Jesus Christ. Long before Jesus came, Isaiah was saying, let's have a look at who Jesus is, and it's like he painted pictures of Jesus Christ in the different words that he used. Called him the the righteous king, the divine servant, called him the Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Emmanuel, Only Savior, Savior, Intercessor, Sin-Bearer, Burden-Bearer, Liberator, Lawgiver, Reprover, Judge, Illuminator. And that's just to mention a few things that he, he shows us, these portraits of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ fulfilled all of these things wonderfully. Uh, bringing chapters 39 to 40 in the context of chapter 38. Pastor JB talked uh, a little bit about that last week. But in chapter 38, Hezekiah is told to set his house in order because he's going to die and not live. And he cries out to God. This is a wonderful story. He cries out to God, and God says, I've heard your prayer and I'm going to add 15 years to your life. Isn't that amazing? Amazing what can happen when we cry out to God. And if there's anything that's, uh, that comes through in the book of Isaiah, uh, is this, that we need to exalt the name of our God, and we need to call on the name of our God. And we're going to talk a little bit in a little bit from Isaiah 40. We want to make a highway for God. We want to want to welcome God by certain things that we do. And Hezekiah is told that his life was going to be over, but God added 15 years, all because he called on the name of the Lord. I had a, an amazing experience a number of years ago. Uh, with a a gentleman who was a businessman in our city. And uh, he was a strong kind of man. And he called me and he says, I have a report from the doctor, Pastor Tim. He he wasn't a Christian that long when he had called me. And um, he said, I have a report from the doctor that the doctor's basically telling me to set my house in order because I only have a short time to live. 
certain diseases had come into his body and, and uh, the result would be soon death. And while I was talking to the man, I, I actually almost got afraid because I thought, wow, can I, can I come against a, a doctor's prognosis and say something different? But God seemed to speak to me in that instance to turn to the life of Hezekiah where God added 15 years to his life. And I said to him, with fear and trembling, but knowing that it was really uh, the word from the Lord, I said, I believe like Hezekiah, God is going to add 15 years to your life. And you will yet see great days. And long story short, God did it for him. He did actually gave him more than 15 years. And he was able to develop a flourishing businesses. He was able to, to do things for the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, he traveled with me internationally at one point. Uh, well, a couple of occasions he went to different countries with me and uh, lived out beyond 15 years. You say, did God only do stuff like this back in Hezekiah's day? No, God does stuff like this in our day. And if we, uh, God is rich toward all who will call on him. If you will call on him, if I will call on him, he can add what needs to be added and he can take away what needs to be taken away in order that we might fulfill the purposes of God. Can you say amen? And so, uh, so a lot of difficulties in life uh, are with us. They were in the Bible back then, and they're with us today. We have challenges, and, um, and we, we discover life can be very, very challenging and difficult, and death can be knocking at our door, but God can deliver us again and again if we will turn to him. As Hezekiah was a great king, he did great things. You can read about him in chapter 29 of 2 Chronicles. Uh, he's uh, only 25 years of age when he becomes king. And he, the Bible tells us this, that he did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, even as David did. And uh, I like what he did. And uh, again, we're going to be touching on this as we get into Isaiah chapter 40. It's fitting that we bring this into the picture, though. In the first year, the first month, the first year. Say with me, the first month, the first year. Say it again. The first month, the first year. What did he do? You know... There's an old saying, but make first things first. So in, with him, in the first month of the first year, I'm going to ask you a question. What are you doing with your firsts? What is some of the first things you do in life? If you were to be taking over an important operation, what would be some of the first things you'd do in the first month and the first year? Well, this is what Hezekiah does. I like what he does. The Bible says, He opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Wow, what a thing for a king to do. Would to God our prime ministers and our presidents around the world, in their first month, in the first year, they would set things in order and they would open the doors of the house of the Lord, not close them. I'm looking forward to the day when uh, the doors of the house of, houses of the Lord will be open again after this pandemic. Can you say amen? And I pray that we will have leaders even on a government level that will stand up and say, hey, we're not going to restrict this happening, but in a safe way, we believe it's time to open the doors and open things up for worship. So in the first month, the first year, he opened the doors of the, 
of the house of the Lord. And then later, as you read in that chapter, he consecrated the house of the Lord and he removed all defilement. He cleaned up the house of the Lord. Not only did you open the doors, but when you opened the doors, anything that, that was in there that needed to come out and not be part of the house of the Lord, he says, we're going to remove that and we're going to have a, a clean house for God. You see, God is, God is into holiness. God is into righteousness. God is, God's into right living. God's into pure worship. He dealt with sin, the Bible says, and he offered sacrifices, and he honored the Lord. You read about that in verses 4 through 10 of that chapter. And, and he made a covenant with God uh, and uh, regarding the house of the Lord being reestablished. He did all these wonderful things because it was important that first things were First, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. Things will come into order if we put God first. You know, there's many applications we could make uh, about this, uh, this phrase that we read the first month, the first year, open the doors of the house of the Lord. I believe it's important to, for us to know that our our lives, our bodies, the Bible says, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I challenge you this morning, I challenge myself, are we opening our doors to allow God to come in and do what he wants to do in our personal lives? It's one thing to have the doors open in a house there that's out there somewhere, the house of the Lord. It's another thing to open your heart and open your life so that God can come in and that your life can be consecrated and all defilement removed and God has full sway in your life and in my life. Very, very important. So he honored God. He, he offered sacrifices and he honored God. We will always, we'll always be thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we'll always honor God for the great sacrifice of his son. Can you say amen? And he, the Bible goes on to say he made a covenant with God and, and therefore great things were established uh, in the house of the Lord. And, and, you know, this man was, as we know, was, was healed so that he could do these great things in his life. Now, a very sad thing happens, uh, I might mention here with Hezekiah, uh, is uh, a neighboring country hears about his healing and so forth, and he writes some very kind letters, makes some kind re remarks, and uh, Hezekiah allows this king to come in, and he shows him everything that is in his treasuries, and the result was that the word came through Isaiah what you have done, Hezekiah, is wrong, and you will suffer consequences. Let me, let me share a lesson here I think that we can learn. You know, God is gracious to us. He helps us. He heals us. And he blesses us in so many ways, and we prosper because of the hand of God in our lives. But then... You know, we can often fall for a subtle trick of the enemy whereby we let the enemy in the door and that becomes our demise. Just because we have had a miracle take place and just because God has been good to us should, does not give us the option to be careless in our life. Can you say amen? We need to, we need to live with caution and 
excuse me, and care in our lives because the enemy comes in subtly. I mean, he came in in such a friendly way. This, uh, this neighboring uh, nation came in in such a friendly way. I'm coming to congratulate you. I'm, I'm so thankful that you're, you're doing well because I heard you were sick and now you are well. But Hezekiah fell into a trap and he opened the doors not just as he did earlier where he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, but now uh, he opened the doors to let the enemy come in. May God help us to be wise. Can you say amen? Say to somebody, I want to be wise. I do not want to fall for the tricks of the enemy. May God help us to be free from all of the slight, slight tricks of the enemy. Now, in Isaiah chapter 40, we come to Isaiah chapter 40, and I like the way the chapter opens up. It, it, after all of this stuff that's happened, and there's, there's uh, successes and failures, uh, chapter 40 opens up with this. Comfort my people. Comfort my people. You know, regardless of what's happening in this world, and amid all of the, the warfare that goes on, God always remains the God of comfort. He comforts us in all of our tribulations, in all of our difficulties, in all of our trials. That's our God. He is the God. He is the God of all comfort. And I'm so grateful for our God who comforts us and gives us hope when we don't have hope in our lives. Can you say amen? He comes with comfort, and the comfort, of course, is the comforter is the Holy Spirit who, who, who God has given uh, to us to have comfort in our lives. And then the, the prophet goes on to say, make a highway for our God. Make a highway for God. What in the world does that mean? Bring up what is low. Bring down what's too high. Make the path straight. Make rough places smooth because we want to make a highway for our God. Let me illustrate this way this morning. Uh, many years ago when Charles and Diana were still representing uh, England and the monarchy, etc. They came to our city, and uh, and the, I'll never forget as long as I live. We were on a particular avenue in the city, waiting for them to come, and there was thousands of people lined up because they were coming in, and they were driving in this brand new vehicle that was given by one of the dealerships of our city, and. Uh, and it was like everybody was lined up there to make a highway or to make a road for them to come in. They were celebrating. They were waving flags, uh, doing all kinds of uh, honorable things because Charles and Diana were coming to town. And they were making way, making a highway, as it were, for them. Uh, it's not like they were constructing the road, but they were doing this honorable thing that would cause them to be very, very, feel very, very welcome by our city and by the nation. And uh, I, I was reminded of that as I was reading this this week, Isaiah chapter 40. Make a highway for God, uh, make him welcome. Make him welcome. And if, uh, if, uh, if something needs to be brought up in your life and you got uh, too negative a view of your life, uh, bring it up a little bit. If you're too 
proud or you're too lofty in your thinking. Bring it down and, and have humility in your life. And, 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 and do what is honorable. You know, putting ourselves down too much is not good. Putting ourselves up too much is not good. There is a, there is a place that I believe makes a highway for our God. There's genuine humility in our lives, but we are not beating ourselves up and we are not contradicting who God made us and who God made us to be. There is a way of walking in humility that we can still not be groveling, but we are in this, in this wonderful way. We are thankful and grateful and we have the right thing going on in our hearts so that, yes, we're making a highway for God to come in. Can you say amen? Making the rough places smooth. And then he goes on to say, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. You know, on Palm Sunday, we often celebrate uh, how Jesus came into the city uh, they were making a highway for God they, with, with the palm branches and with praise and with worship and adoration. They were making a highway for God. I believe this needs to be the norm in our lives. The norm in our lives is worship. The norm in our lives is always honoring God no matter what. Some say in studying Hezekiah and what we just read of Hezekiah there, uh, that the, the possibility was that pride came into Hezekiah when he was showing all of their achievements and so on to this foreign king, and this was his demise. You know, the Bible always says to us, it repeatedly says to us, that pride comes before destruction. And so may we never be, be proud in a way that we seek to bring credit or glory to ourselves, but may we always be humble in bringing credit and glory and honor to the King of Kings. Can you say amen? It set the stage. Bring God in. Bring God. Make a highway for God. Give, give the glory to the Lord and 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 let it be known as you go through chapter 40 you will you will notice that that god speaks to us about the weaknesses of humanity but in verse of verse 8 it, it says the word of the lord will stand forever and that's that we that we stand on and so we we allow his word to govern not our ideas when we're in trouble it's not our word that counts it's god's word that counts and we always run to the lord we look to him at all times for our help our help comes from the lord our help comes from the word of god and that is so clearly demonstrated here in Isaiah chapter chapter 40. Number one, the word of our God will stand, and the word is central and must be, uh, must be about God himself at all times. Verse 9 talks about behold your God. Then the shift comes in, the, in that portion of scriptures there where it says, Behold your God. His strong hand is with you. His reward is there. His work is there. He is the great shepherd. And the great shepherd is described in that portion of scripture. Make a highway for this God who does so many wonderful things. Here in that portion of scripture, we see how big God is. The waters are in his hand. The width of his hand is so big that, you know, it's like God is so big and he holds the earth and everything in his hand. He held the earth as in a basket. He weighed the mountains on scale. The, the hills are in a basket. You think, how big is God? He is huge. He is enormous. He is all-powerful. And this is the God we rely on. Why would we ever turn away from a God that is so great, that has done such great things as creator? He refers to the wisdom of God. As how wise is God? How powerful is God above the nations? 
And he goes on to say, not like an idol or a graven image, but he sits on the circle of the earth and we are like grasshoppers. He stretched out the heavens like a curtain and, and he made it all like a tent to dwell in. He makes small guys, he makes, the, makes small guys bigger and big guys smaller. He makes princes zero and rulers zero. He blows on plants and they wither. Who can you compare to him? Going on to verse 26, he says, I created because I am strong in power. And he says, do you not know? Have you not heard? There is this great God, and that's the one that we will serve. And so we want to make a highway for our God. I want to bring God into every situation in my life that might be difficult. Again, we are facing difficult times, but we want to bring this great God into the midst of the difficulties that we are, we are facing. You see, we, no wonder that we cannot, we cannot find enough songs we cannot find adequate words to describe our Lord well. No wonder we need him to hold it all together. This is, this is, this is where, where it all lands. No wonder there is a longing and waiting for sunrise. No wonder there is a longing in our hearts. There is a God-shaped vacuum that only God can fill. No wonder after all the feelings of those we, we suppose to be so great, and then we discover that there's failure and there's demise in our lives, we say, God, give us yourself in the midst of the failings of men. The ultimate that is our God who is unfailing, who is perfect, and who is pure in every way, that's who he is. I think for a moment, even in the last week or two here, of the disappointments that have come to us by great leaders. One of the men's, one of the great richest men in the world has decided that he's going to separate from his wife and um, shaking up all kinds of people. A lot of people were looking to him for, you know, through the contributions of his billions that maybe some kind of salvation can come to a, a world that is in real trouble. But while people are saying that, his life is falling apart before people's eyes. How sad is that? We see it in government leaders where there's fall, there's demise after demise. But there's one leader that will never disappoint you and I, and his name is Jesus. You see, we are only, as human beings, and again, we, we like to build up humanity, but I believe the one that needs to be built up is God. Uh, the one that needs to be built up is Jesus Christ. We are only like grass. That's the story of Isaiah. And one little breath of God, and then the grass is gone and the flowers are faded. And it all falls apart. The story of Isaiah is about a lot of failing, falling kings and kingdoms. However, the story of Isaiah is also about one king, the ultimate king and his kingdom. He is superior to all, and we should be making a highway for him to come in. What are you doing to making a highway, toward making a, a highway for God to come in to your life, to our nation, to our world. I trust that we are working toward that. I trust that we have an expectant attitude of faith saying, yeah, there's a lot of trouble around, but we're waiting for sunrise. We believe that, that hope is coming because we are calling upon the one who is our only source of hope. He's the one who heals Hezekiah 
and gave him ex, an extra 15 years. He's the one who turned it around for so many people in history and so many times for Israel in their history. This writing implies, this, this waiting on God replies that we are receiving from the Holy Spirit the one, one important thing that we all desperately need in our lives. You see, God wants us not only to make a highway, but at the end of the chapter, he wants us to mount up with wings as eagles. You see, God wants us to come up a little higher with him. He wants us to be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And that's the plan. You see, I studied a little bit about the eagle uh, eagle is an amazing, amazing creature. Actually, I, I play golf once in a while, and there's an eagle's nest on the golf, golf course that I play on in Ladner. And that eagle sits up there and watches me on the seventh hole and says to me, Buddy, you can do it. You can make a good drive. <laughs> and I listen to that eagle. I look at that eagle, and I think and maybe that's what he is saying. And and uh, maybe he is right, and not be intimidated. We are taught to mount up with wings as eagles, to have an eagle-type spiritual life. Eagles are amazing. They can rise up to 10,000 feet into the sky. And the Bible tells us he wants to, God wants to take us unto a higher level. And when we are in Christ... And when we are moving in God, and when we make a highway for God to come in, and we allow God to take us up into higher heights and higher levels in our spiritual life and in our faith life, amazing things can happen for us and through us. They tell us that eagles know how to catch the wind currents and use what they have been given to maneuver even the greatest of storms, and they have a wonderful time. Even in the midst of the storm, they are able to rise. They are able to ascend. And I believe you and I, in a similar way, as we, as we make a highway for God, as we move ourselves into the things of God, and as we, as we join with him and and. Heart to heart, we are walking with God. I believe that we can walk through the greatest storms with great ability. You know, they have a seven-foot wingspan. That's a big bird. They are courageous and powerful. The eagle sees things from a higher vantage point, from a, we could say, from a heavenly perspective, and they have special eyes. Their eyes have, as it were, goggles over their eyes. Because when they get going and moving, they go at high speed, especially when they descend. They, they travel at about 75 miles per hour. And therefore, they need some protection for their eyes so that they can see. And they have that. In similar ways, I believe that can be applied to our lives. If, as we are in God, God helps us. He protects us. He gives us vision so that we can be the people that we should be. And as eagles mount up, so we shall mount it. But we must make a highway for our God to come in. Eagles do not eat dead things. They go for living things. They love the storm, and they use the storms to ascend. Are you going higher in the midst of the storm that we are in, or are you just going lower and lower and lower? I believe we can go higher and higher and higher in the midst of the storm that we are in if we will allow the King of glory to come in, make a highway for our God, and mount up with wings as do the eagles in spiritual ways. A lot more could be said about the eagle. May God help us to use the wind of the Spirit in these days. May we walk in the Spirit. May we live in the Spirit. May we rest in the Spirit. 
And may we be continually born with, by, and filled with the Holy Spirit and be carried into the purposes that he has planned for our lives. God wants to add his super to our natural. He wants to make what appears to be impossible possible because he is the God who does the impossible. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God and the illustrations in it that help us in our lives. I pray that you would give each one of us that faith, that fullness of the Spirit. And Lord, help us above all to make a way, a highway for you to come into our lives so that we might rise up to the level that you've called us to live in. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank Pastor Tim for taking us into Isaiah 40 today. So many important verses we can speak on and talk about and think on and get in our heart. Isaiah 40, one of the most famous passages in all of Isaiah. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I hate being stuck in traffic. You? I know in Vancouver, there's a lot of construction going on right now. You know, you go to the Oak Ridge area. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Lots of construction. I don't like it. My son, Caleb, loves it. And it's because he loves watching these vehicles that build roads, build buildings. He loves bulldozers, excavators, uh, you know, graders, pavers. Because of him, I've learned so many terms for, you know, vehicles that build roads that I had no idea about before. Um, I didn't know there's different types of forklifts and, you know, different types of, you know, loaders and all that stuff, skid steers, all that stuff. And uh, why do I mention that? is because as much as there's so much variety of vehicles that are used in our city to build a road, how many of us know that God uses a variety of people to build a road for him? And we're talking today about building a highway for the Lord. And it's about welcoming God into our lives. We build a highway for the Lord when we get into God's word, whether it's together as a church family or on our own. Uh, we build a highway for the Lord when we sing songs to him with an open heart, from our, with, with a sincere heart. When we build a highway for the Lord, when we you know, invite people to uh, come to church, when we share the hope that we have in Jesus with others. We build a highway for the Lord when we pray and when we just have with an open heart welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives. And we're gonna do a bit of just those things in just a minute when I ask our worship band to lead us in uh, a song. But before we do that, I just want to let you know that the, one of the great benefits of building a highway for the Lord, when you do those things, when you get into the Word of God, when you get to pray, when you open up your heart to God, not only do we build a highway for the Lord, but even more, God provides something for us. And in Isaiah 40, verses 27 to 30, uh, it says this, it says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You might be in this place and you might think, you oh, God's forgotten about you or God doesn't care about you or you're not even sure if God is even there because of the stuff you're going through. And Isaiah chapter 40 and the verse we just read show us that God is a God who's understanding no one can fathom. He understands you more than you understand yourself. He knows about you more than you know about yourself. And he is not just a God who's understanding no one can fathom, but his power no one can fathom. He doesn't go tired or weary. We fail all the time, but God is always at his best. God never fails. And the wonderful promise we have from the book of 
of Isaiah 40 that we're looking at today is that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. We can build a highway for God through our songs, through our prayers, through reading the Bible, through coming to church, through doing all these things. You know, But one of the things I want to do with you today to help you build a highway for the Lord is probably the most important thing is if you aren't really sure where to start, it begins with inviting Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. Just like Pastor Tim said, the greatest sacrifice that was ever made for us was when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. When we were separated from God, when we had no of reaching him, God reached for us when he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And because of that, there is forgiveness. And if you, re- if you realize today that you need that forgiveness, you need forgiveness for things from your past, you need forgiveness for something you said last night or something you did this morning, then I'm here to let you know that God loves you and he sent Jesus Christ for you so that you could know a peace that only he can provide, a forgiveness that only he can give. And so with that in mind, if you know you need that, if you know you need God's forgiveness today, I encourage you to do this with me right now. Would you, would you scan that code that's on your screen or click the link that's in your chat room right now? When you do so, when you scan that code, when you click that link, it'll take you to a page with a prayer on it that you can pray to invite Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. And just so you're not doing that alone, uh, I'm going to do that with you right now. Is that we're going to you know, you know, give you an opportunity to pray that prayer with us right now. And so if you need that, I encourage you to click that link, scan that code and with an open heart. Let's give God some room to work in our lives, only what he can do. And so let's pray this together right now. Say, dear Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to pay for my sins, that you rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart. I say, please come in and forgive me of all my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, the Bible says you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven and the best is yet to come. We've got a special gift that we want to give to you to encourage you in this new relationship with God. We encourage you to get baptized. Baptism is for those who just received Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's a way to say, I, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. His name is Jesus. We encourage you to, to sign up for that and go to mythought.info, touch the baptism button for more information on that and to sign up for that. I encourage you to keep coming to thrive, come to church because we all need a family to grow in. And at the same time, as we continue to build a highway for the Lord in our lives and here at Thrive Church, I'm going to ask our band to lead us in this song. And through the song, through our prayers, through our giving, let's give God this time as he builds a highway through our lives for his glory. Let's do that together right now. You will 
turn So I will trust your timing I will rest secure Oh, this is a steady kind of love oh, The everlasting Father Prince of Peace Emmanuel, God with us You're here with me Wonderful Counselor The government is ready Resting on your shoulders, your shoulders, the everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us, you're here right here with me, wonderful counselor, the government is resting on your shoulders. Can we give God a big hand, a big shout, and let's play together right now? Oh, come on, there's more than you than that. Give God all of your praise in this place. Praise God. What an amazing Sunday we've had here at Thrive Church. I encourage you, if you haven't already, to give your faithful tithes, your generous offerings, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he gives us what he gives us, 
everything we need. And not only does he add everything we need, he also builds his church through us as well. And not only are he, are you going to be giving toward the local church today, but know that when you do so, you're also helping orphans in India and contributing to work that God is doing in other places around the world. And so let's give, knowing that God is going to use what you give to do even greater things than we could do ourselves. And finally, let me just end by just praying for all of you right now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that long before you ever wel- that long before we ever welcomed you you were the one who welcomed us when you stretched out the arms of your son on a cross so that we could be forgiven we thank you so much for the welcome that you make possible for each and every one of us, such that we can know you and have a relationship with you. Thank you, God, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And so every single person here who's going through some tough times right now, thank you, God, that we can depend on you. We can rely on your love. We can know that you are in control and that you are writing a greater story with our lives than anything we could write ourselves. Since those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength as we place our hope in you, we ask God for strength, peace, joy, you know, your forgiveness, healing, comfort, protection, your presence, rest, wisdom, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single one of us here today so we can live our lives for your glory because it's all about you, Jesus. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Give God one more big hand, big shout. Let's play together right now. That brings our service to a close, but our worship of God continues. Let's continue to worship God in all that we do. Have an amazing rest of your weekend. Everybody, we'll see you guys really soon. Stay tuned for the next episode of Waiting for Sunrise, our series on Isaiah. We'll see you guys next week, next Sunday. Sign up for small groups at mythought.info, and we can't wait to see you again. Have a great week, everybody. Love you guys. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Pastor JB, and thank you, Pastor Tim, for your message today. Before I let you guys go, I have a few announcements. If it's your first time here, you're a VIP and we would love to get to know you better. So please text new at 604-285-5770 or visit Martha.info and we'll mail you your very own Christ stainless steel water bottle. If you pray the prayer to receive Jesus Christ into your life today, congratulations, we have a gift package to send to you as well as a series of videos that may answer some questions that you have about Jesus. Just text BELIEVE at 604-285-5770 or visit MyThreatInfo. And if you'd like to get baptized, visit MyThreatInfo slash baptism for more information. Here at Thrive Church, we love to pray together. We believe in the power of prayer. So as we always say, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. So join us for our Zoom prayer meetings every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. It's a time for us to worship together, pray together, have fun, and mingle together. So the Zoom link is on the screen below, and I can't wait to see all you guys there. Did you enjoy today's message? Join us again next week for episode 8 of our Waiting for Sunrise message series. And remember, don't just watch it yourself. Invite your friends and families to watch it with you as well. That's it for this week. I hope you all have a great day. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings, and I'll see you all again next week here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!